All right, this episode is about crime, uh, and because we talk about policing and even the police reform, and so one of the arguments that often gets made is you need the police to stop crime. But we don't often talk and then think about what is the crime that we are asking the police to stop. Um, because <clears throat> it is pretty common that in these cases of police brutality um, and them beating up people, that a lot of this is what you would call like beat cops, street cops, right? Cops in patrol cars looking for people, pulling them over. Uh, <clears throat> or they're called out, they hear like, Black male between the ages of twenty and, and they fifty, go, and they go between, out looking for between the eight, between the height of five foot five and six foot five. Human being that is breathing, right? like but dark skinned, um, but dark skinned, definitely dark skinned, because that's what I saw. And then they go out looking for that person. Yeah. And so the question is, right? When we think about the crimes that affect us as a population, which crimes do we want prevented? and in what priority order. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason I bring that up is because if we stop to think about that, then what we realize is that a lot of crime today that probably affects us is not crime that happens on the streets. I understand maybe 100 years ago, this was different. Maybe even like 40 years ago, this was different. But if I think about the vast majority of white collar crime, of fraud, of scams, um, and things like that, identity theft, which really do affect a lot of people and probably you are far more likely to be a victim of identity theft than to be burgled on the 20 seconds in between Walmart and your car, right? Like, because most people are not walking the same ways that they used to, the same distances that they used to. If we think about the crime, those none of those white collar crimes are happening on the street. If we think about the crimes that you know, are very violent, homicide, rape, assault, abuse. Most of those are happening in private places. And so I think that it is worthwhile to explore the police's argument to say, you need the police to stop crime. And instead of saying, no, we don't, right? We say, yes, we do, but crime has changed. And therefore, what we want the police to do, where we want the police to be, should also change. And I think that's a great point, Jason, because as you talk about that, I think about things like stop and frisk, <clears throat> right? That's the policy where police would just kind of, if you look suspicious, they would just stop and just pat you down, uh -huh. basically look for guns and drugs. And uh, the reason why policies like stop and frisk and I think kind of this quote unquote profiling, racial profiling happened was because there was this idea that if you stop the small crimes, there will be no big crimes. This was huge, especially right. in places like New York, where uh, there was this idea that, like, you know, if you stop the petty theft, the graffiti, the smoking, and a, you know, the, the small amounts of drugs, if you arrest those guys or prevent those, you won't have murder, rape, uh, burglaries, and I think. What, so what's happened is we've criminalized a lot of these things that really wouldn't bother us as much. Right. Um, and a lot of that comes from uh, what is known as the Kansas City example. Um, and so <clears throat> if any of you read Malcolm Gladwell's new book or listen to it on audio, which is great, because <clears throat> he does it like a podcast, his audible book's like a podcast talking to strangers. <clears throat> One of the whole episodes is about the Kansas City example. <clears throat> 
But what that, what Kansas City, that police department understood was that they saw that a lot of crimes that they wanted to target, that drugs, um, prostitution, gang violence, was occurring in certain areas. And so what they did was they increased patrol presence in those areas. And before, a lot of the argument against that was, well, if you do that, criminals are just gonna move somewhere else. Prostitution's just gonna move somewhere else. What they discovered was that, no, that actually did not happen. That crime is a lot of times localized. Anecdotally, we understand that. If you're, if you're a pimp and you usually send your prostitutes to certain corners, all of a sudden police are patrol those corners. You, it's, it's not just like you can put on Twitter, hey guys, we're going to, you know, Sepulveda and whatever. Like that business, it, it's hard to move. And, and in the effort to do so, a lot of times, your lower level people, your prostitutes, your drug dealers, they'll just stop, right? They'll find other ways to do yeah, things. Yeah, because before it was more of a crime <clears throat> of opportunity. Right, and often what they go into is white collar crime, <laughs> right, instead. And, but then other police departments, they basically just saw that, and instead of understanding the idea of localized crime, they said, if we put more police cars patrolling and pulling people over, all crime, yeah. all crime will stop. So it was basically like they took a scalpel and just started stabbing everything, like different places. Um, but I think if we, as you know, regular citizens, are in that conversation, then we can we can think about this differently. You know, what are street crimes that we really want police to be patrolling around and enforcing? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not many. It's, it's not many. I, yeah, cause I, going back to that example of like trying to stop these petty crimes, like I, and, um, I, I, and I get why they did that. You know, like graffiti is annoying, right, and stuff like that. But I think for me, if you say that, like the biggest, I think, crimes we don't want to commit is like we don't want to be harmed, mm -hmm. right? Like, I don't want to be murdered or violently assaulted. I think gang violence is another one. Mm -hmm. Um, but gang violence again is highly localized, right? And and, right? and gang violence, I think, is different. Where this is, uh, there's like legit task forces that are there to handle gangs. Like right. those are those I feel like are not your normal beat cops on a normal, right. you know, like yeah, that would be on a <clears throat> different level, right? And those then are the ones where you arm them, right. right? And they have different resources, different intelligence. So I think one of the things for me, where what I realized is that. If that is the case, right, then having police officers in cars driving around is such a tremendous waste. It's a tremendous waste of the police officer's time. It's a tremendous waste of our resources, right? Because what crimes are they even, like, even if they are, quote unquote, doing their jobs, what are they stopping, right? Yeah. They are stopped, like, maybe they stop a burglary that they happen to drive by in that one instance. Yeah. And so in many ways, I feel like what I would want for emergency services cops, right, is them to function more like the fire department, right? Like, do any of us want fire trucks just randomly driving around, like waiting for fires to happen, right? Like, ooh, I bet there's gonna be a fire here, right? Mm -hmm. There was a fire here last month, let's just drive around. <laughs> no, we understand that fire department is an emergency service, therefore we want them 
available quickly and alert, yeah. and alert, but we don't want them driving or around. We don't need looking, them. We don't yeah. need them yeah. looking for fires. So I think in the same way, if police departments, instead of people just driving around, right, if they were, if they, you know, were quickly on call for certain things, and again, this goes back to our previous episode about the different roles of police department, but for, for if you are suspecting someone's getting, you know, abused or attacked or assaulted, then you have those people call. If you are, I don't even know, how, how, how would you know this? If you're in the midst of a burglary, right? Because if you're post-burglary, then I don't need a violent police, I don't need a violent maker, violence maker to come, right? I need a really smart guy that probably knows a bunch about like <laughs> sociology to come, right? Or technology or things like that. And therefore, yeah, that they're more like the police, the fire department than what we think of right now as the police department. Yeah, and I think right now, you know, the argument I would hear is like, oh, but you need beat cops to build neighborhood rapport, community rapport. But the way things stand right now, whenever people see a police officer, they're not like, hey, yeah. Mr. Officer. They're all like, oh my gosh, like don't move, don't breathe. like. And it's funny because it, the police want that, thinking that that will work to deter crime. But it's, it's, it's really hard to connect with a police officer, for me, when they're wearing uniform, mm -hmm. right? Like when I see them in uniform, Arctic, oh, like they're, <clears throat> They're not here to be my friend. They're here to be authority. Right. And I think in that way, I think the most, the friendliest cops I know are when they're not in their uniform, right? right. When they're, or when they don't have their belts. Right. And I think it's, um, you sent me an article from NPR of what do we need the police for? Or, like, or it, was like, it was something a little <clears throat> more like clickbaity, like do we need yeah. police? <laughs> but one of the things that I really liked about it is that what makes the police the police right now? It is that we authorize you to use violence. So mm -hmm. I think, and I, I, I think that that is a good definition, right? That the police as we know it are the people that we authorize to use violence. So the question then is, what crimes need an authorization of violence, right? Because I would argue like even drug dealing doesn't need an authorization of violence, right? Prostitution does not need an authorization of violence. You don't need to be authorized to use violence to prevent those crimes, right? Yes, gang wars, like, and e violent crimes need violent officers, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that, for, and even then, I'm fuzzy on that as a Christian. Because, like, for instance, you know, domestic abuse is a violent crime. But if a cop showed up with a gun, is this really helping the situation, right? Like, maybe they need some form of non-lethal, Yeah, some right? kind of authority, yeah. You do need something. But in that as well, I think that if that were the case, then for police officers, that makes everything drastically safer. You take out the, at any moment, someone could pull a gun on me. Well, no, you're sitting in your precinct, you know, 50% of the time, and when you get a call from a citizen, hopefully that call is coming with a myriad of information of what it is you're walking into. You're not like police officers are like, but we're walking into the unknown. Isn't that the problem? <laughs> right? The pro problem isn't like the problem is that why are we in, in 2020? Why are you walking into the unknown? It's because we're asking you to drive around streets looking for who, right? Well, I do. I, I mean, I would want us to do more research before we talk too broadly. Like, I don't know how beats work. I don't know how much they're walking, driving, whatever. I mean, we live pretty close to police precinct. 
and uh, you know, and but I, yeah. So I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not quite. I see cops all the time. <laughs> really, I feel like I don't see them that much. And and even then, right? Like I feel like it is the question of what crimes. I feel like we are we we as a society because we haven't confronted fear versus fear and rationality. What happens is that we put more cops against the crimes that we fear than against the crimes that actually affect us. Mm. You know, we are afraid of getting burglarized. We are afraid of getting, you know, robbed on the street. Someone mugs me. We're afraid drive-bys. drive-bys. We're afraid of like randomly getting murdered. <laughs> but the reality is. Those don't happen all that often, right? Yeah. Like, most homicides are not just some stranger walks up on yeah, the street. it's actually and like, people you know. Yeah, but then the crimes that do affect us, I feel like police are woefully under-trained and under-prepared for, right? Yep. Identity theft, you know, like... Or like uh, revenge porn. I heard, like, like they have no idea how to deal with that. They have no idea how to deal with it, right? And because we're spending all our time training them for robberies right like armed robberies when those are so are not a not happening as frequently crime rates going down and b there's no way to statistically have police at every place that right like Mm -hmm. how are you gonna have you're gonna have a cop in every like target every taco bell right like no so in that sense, when we talk about crime, I think we should be saying, yes, we need the police. But in 2020, we need police who understand revenge porn, understand date rape, understand identity theft. And that is all a completely different training set. And probably none of those require guns. You probably just need a few officers for when you actually go to make the arrest that have guns that go with the other cops, right? Just to make sure, mm-hmm. right? Like, hey, this guy, you know, is a serial date raper. He might also want to shoot me, right? We bring along the one cop, right? Who is the who is the violence maker? Um, so I I feel like in our individual conversation, we have to confront our own fear, our own mm-hmm. fears of what we think crime really is. Mm-hmm. And when we do so, then it paints a better, clearer picture of what do we need the police for. And I will say to, as like a, so we're not painting too broad of a brush again, is like, it also depends on the neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I like there are neighborhoods that are tend to be safer. There are neighborhoods that tend to be less safe. For example, um, if it is gang, and it does have gangs, mm-hmm. right? If it does have a high number of, you know, weapons and firearms that, um, and piano music is not <laughs> violence, but it does occur sometimes. And uh, I hope that, you know, we do want to leave room for those nuanced situations. Right. And so, and even then, but then that is police restructuring because right now all of LAPD, and LA is a huge so city, big. right? Like including the sheriff's department is one training program, right? One ideology and now while you know hyper localizing police will have its own dangers i think that this is one of the ways in which we have to see that having a very broad police force can be dangerous as well sounds good